we move on to uh, the football show, which uh, is also in association with uh, Solar Signs in Bagnus Town. Uh, number one for your signage, garment printing and embroidery, solarsigns.ie, the website, and you get them on Facebook and on uh, where else Instagram as well, of course. And uh, Nigel will look after you. Uh, right, yeah, so where do we start? I suppose we have a good bit to go through, and no better man to go through it with us, and hopefully the internet stacks up okay, as Mr. Gavin Whelan, the uh, under-20 Waterford football manager, and uh, broadcaster with WLR as well. Gav, how are we doing? Not too bad, uh, Kevin. How are things? Good to see you. And uh, yeah, hopefully all holds up well here in Waterford and Colligan with the internet. So we'll, we'll see how things go on here. But uh, good to see you and keep up the good work as well on the podcast. Likewise. So I think we'd have a, just a slight delay. We are seeing you and we are hearing you, but there might be a little slight delay. So uh, don't think I'm, uh, I'm kind of uh, ignoring you or whatever. Just the, the joys of it. Uh, National Robin Plan. I'm looking forward to be rolled out there no and roll out very, very quickly because <laughs> these were trials and tribulations of a, of a live stream. And trust me, you're not the first person to encounter such difficulty. Um, so, so yeah, listen, Gav, uh, first of all, no. before I go talking about um, the, the football side of things, uh, I'd like to talk about Ballygunner because that's a massive thing for, for Waterford GA. And it was just such a dramatic day in general with the two club finals. But uh, yeah, beyond belief, really, wasn't it? Unbelievable, uh, unbelievable, Kevin. Really, um, you know, I'm still kind of thinking, you know, Monday today that did, did this actually happen? Like, you know, Valley Gunner, what a, what a story, you know. I suppose they've been setting the bar in water for the last number of years, eight in a row, and the big thing was, you know, could they get over the line and win the the Holy Grail? And you just couldn't have scripted it, really. Like, I mean, Harry Ruddle, um, 23 years of age, uh, gets a ball in the last minute and, and buries it in the net to win an All Ireland. Like, it, I was chatting to him afterwards, like, and it's just Riot or over stuff, fairy tale ending, and. Uh, I suppose no better way to, to win a game, really. You could see the the, the agony and the ecstasy was, was really in evidence. The Ballyhale players just dropped to their knees and Ballygunner were just lepping around like, you know, like a crowd of teenagers just left out. And it was just unbelievable. It was a great story. And even going down to the dressing room afterwards, they didn't realise themselves what they had actually achieved. I'd say it's probably only yesterday or today that's actually sunk in, you know, when they were in the primary schools there earlier on. And massive achievement, you know, first Watford, uh, I suppose, male club to win a senior All-Ireland and uh, in the in the most dramatic of circumstances. So it was a real privilege to be up there. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was gone, you know, I was like, it's going to be hard to be talking to these fellas now after a two-point defeat and next minute uh, upsteps Harry and uh, yeah, it was some goal and um, I'd say uh, he, won't, he won't have to buy a point in Ballygunner for a long while, I'd say, Kev. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I think uh, in general, you think of the likes of Damani's and, and Ian Kenny and, and Shane O'Sullivan in particular and, and the heartache that they've suffered and gone through. And lots more before that as well, that not specifically from Ballygunner, but just water for people. And I think, you know, it's bound to be a, ba- um, a massive lift, I suppose. Definitely, and psychologically, I think that's huge too, Kevin, for Watford Club to, to win a game at Croke Park. You know, there's been many, I suppose, somber days coming out of, of the of GA headquarters and, you know, after defeat or, or a nearly story or, you know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, Liam Cal has alluded to it there, like this year, even, you know, moral victories, we don't want them anymore in Watford. You know, it's about performing and getting over the line and Desi Hutchinson made a great point about, you know, the last time he was in Croke Park or for an All-Ireland final was with Waterford in 2020. There was no crowd there. Limerick gave us a bit of a lesson on the day and he's walking around the other day celebrating with his brothers and his club and his family winning an All-Ireland medal. So, you know, what a background that is too from, you know, Desi from his time with Brighton and Waterford FC now fully establishing himself as an inter-county hurler. And again, the other day when, when Bally Gunner needed that goal, he stepped up to the plate and won three from play like was unbelievable. Bally Hale just couldn't handle him and they had two men on him. So he's, he's a huge asset for Bally Gunner. He's a huge asset for Watford and 
as Daryl Sullivan touched on afterwards, hopefully this can be a driving stone now for, for Waterford to drive forward for the rest of the season as well. But um, huge to get a victory for a Waterford team to beat Kilkenny, Kevin, especially in the manner of it too. I think Ballyhale, some will say they um, you know, they got out of jail against St. Thomas's and even earlier in the year, even against um, St. Rhinos and against Fairness to Mount Leinster, put it up to them too in the first round there, um, the Carlo champion. So, you know, that's because they got their frights earlier on in the year and they just couldn't, you know, this time it was Ballygunner turned the tables on them. So, look, you have to make your look in All-Ireland final day too and Ballygunner, I'm sure, I know it's still hopping I believe at the minute there Kev so I, I wasn't despite their best efforts to try and drag me down but um, there's, a, there's a long week there yet so we'll, we'll see how that pans out there is we might get you out here shortly you might get a point into the yes issue but uh, yeah in terms of the, fo- <laughs> the football side of things then Gav right um, I think you're you're pretty well placed right mm-hmm. because you saw a lot of Carla last year from doing the GA Go streams and uh, being involved as the yeah. Waterford and 20 football manager you know you're, you're very much in the know so uh, yeah, like I suppose from a Waterford point of view, firstly, it's been an interesting start. A draw, I think, with, with Tipperary in round one. Um, right in saying that, yeah. And then in round two, obviously, the game against London, which was a roller coaster. Delay is gone in us there now, isn't it? I think we're permanently delayed. <laughs> right. Are we back? I'll, uh, I think I'm back to the table, yeah, sorry, Kevin, sorry. Uh, no, uh, just, yeah, no, I think I got your, vaguely got your points there. Um, obviously, look, it's, round one was a great result for Waterford. Getting draw against Tipperary was was massive, you know, and probably a game Waterford could have won. They had a chance at the death with the late free, and, you know, I suppose, look, ultimately, I suppose, going into that game, you'd have probably taken a draw before throwing. So uh, that was a good positive result. Then the London game, round two, I suppose this uh, hoodoo, that's uh, right slip hoodoo, if you want to call it that, you know, I suppose, came back to haunt the lads again. They were... Had a bad start, went four points down, then re-established themselves and went six up. And then London, I suppose, came with a late flurry and they 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 edged it by a point, like you know. So it was bitterly disappointing not to come away from uh, Ryslip with anything because if you had two points on the board heading to Carlow this weekend, it still keeps you, you know, very much alive and in a good place. But you know, it's a massive game from Waterford's point of view because you know if you can get the two points on Saturday night, it puts you back into contention, especially the way the results are going in Division Four. It's usually competitive, very tight. So you know. It's not a bad start for Ethan Fitzgerald, but definitely, you know, in the first two games, you probably would have been targeting at least maybe two points, be it maybe people were probably looking at the London game as a victory, and maybe Tip might have been viewed as being too strong, but I thought Watford were very competitive that day against Tip, really had a strong second half and, and really tore into him, which is what Ethan Fitzgerald, I think, is demanding that, you know, this kind of high spirit and high energy level, that's what he wants Watford to play and bring this maybe level of aggression into their play as well and have pride in wearing that Watford football jersey as well which is important I suppose for, for teams in the lower tier Kevin as you know as you know and uh, so that's I suppose that's the situation they're in now there's no time for resting on the laurels with, uh, with, with, with Division 4 games because they're coming thick and fast but they've had a week off now as I've had Carlo after a pretty difficult start to I suppose readdress things and you know yeah all roads leading to Netwatch Cullen Park on Saturday night and you know looking forward to it because over the years Watford and Carlo you know, usually not much to choose between the sides. I know he came down to Farfield and he gave us a bit of a lesson last year, so I'm sure Efi will be reminding the lads of that during the week. But um, huge game for both counties and definitely a huge game from Warford's point of view. Your spawn, I think last year was a, a freak kind of result because, uh, yes, Carl played very well, but you're right, there's never a whole lot between them. And even when Carlo were, I suppose, in their pump going back four or five years ago, they still struggled to beat Warford. So that's always the way it's been. Um, yeah, like I think the team bears very little resemblance to the one you would have saw last year I would say you know it's it's very much changed there's there's lots of new kids on the block and and everyone is saying they need time and look we'll be chatting to Niall Crow in a few minutes but 
Um, I think, you know, it's it's still, it's mad to be saying this, but it's going to be a big ask for Carroll to get a couple of points from this. Um, they do have a couple of lads back, uh, Jamie Clark and Dara Foley, which would be, you know, a massive players. And uh, yeah, I think in, in general, if you're looking at verdicts, it's, it's a kick for ball situation, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as you say, Kevin, it's tight and tense down Division 4. You know, there, there's no quarter given or asked. And, you know, I suppose from Carlos' point of view, you know, I know Nile grew very well. I've chatted to him a few times last year at the Carlo Games. And, of course, he, he had a very good spell down in Waterford, too, for a few years. And, you know, he brings that, I suppose, you know, high energy and level of professional, professionalism to the setup. And um, I know Carlo were short a good few for their game against Sligo. But still, I suppose, a, a defeat like that, you know, it can't be good, I suppose, for maybe squad's mentality or that. So it's going to be hard to pick the lads up. But knowing Nile, the, the character and the manager he is, he'd be well able to do that. And, you know, they'd be viewing this game as, you know, Carlo get a win on Saturday night. It puts them back into the, you know, it just gets the confidence back up then for your remaining games. And, you know, it, it gets gets you back on the horse, I suppose, you know. And, you know, you want to be getting a victory in your home games as well. Home advantage in Division 4 is crucial. I know how bitterly disappointing that would have been to lose to London in round one. And it was probably a hard pill to, to swallow. But, um you know, he'll, he'll certainly have to try and pick them up. And from Ethan Fitzgerald's point of view, you know, Waterford, I suppose, again, huge turnover, turnover of players this year, which has been the issue, I suppose, over the last number of years and getting guys to commit and that. And I know there's probably maybe Tommy Prendergast retiring as well as a big loss. So probably, you know, he'd have liked to maybe the panel to be a little bit stronger, but there's there's plenty of talent in that Waterford team too. And he knows if he can get the best out of those guys on Saturday night and if they perform to their capabilities, they're well capable of, of getting a result, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Gav, we're going to let you go because, uh, you know, uh, I don't want the Bally Gunner lads saying some lad with a podcast to uh, stop Gav from going down and having a point. Um, KFC is probably closed right. actually okay. at the minute, so <laughs> that's not going to be an obstacle, I would say. Um, although we did enjoy uh, a nice, uh, I don't know, what do you have in there? A Zinger Tower or two, I suppose, uh, in, in the briefs fell I had in the broadcast centre, which was very enjoyable, obviously. But uh, listen, good to catch up with you again, and thanks for jumping on for the few minutes. All right. Yeah, no bother. And uh, sorry again for the lack of the internet here. There's some things around Watford, Kevin, we just uh, we can't control. So, um, no, look look forward to catching up with you there on Saturday night. And um, look, it's always a great venue. Watch Cullen Park Saturday night lights, I suppose, up in Carlow is, uh, is always a big occasion. And no doubt the, the Bush Ultras, I'm sure, will be out in force again on, on Saturday night. I know I met him a few times last year. So, um, look, I know Watford will bring up a decent enough crowd too. You know, it's something about a game under lights too. There's a bit of crack about it, a bit of atmosphere. Yeah. And uh, I know we have you in the under 20, we have you in the under 20 league then the following Friday night. You're coming down to WIT. We played you in the challenge there a couple of weeks ago in Fennis. So, look, always get on well with the lads. And in fairness, um, good relationship between two counties. And look, sure, may the best team win. May football, I suppose, be the real winner, um, Kevin, on Saturday night. But good to chat to you and keep up the good work, as the fellow says. Likewise, thanks a million. We'll chat to you again soon. Gavin Whelan there, uh, Waterford under 20 football manager and uh, broadcast with WLR, referee down in Waterford as well. He's not idle too often, let me tell you. Uh, we're going to chat to Barclay Martin in a couple of minutes' time, but first we're going to hear from the Carlos Senior football manager, Niall Crown. Now, just put out a little disclaimer uh, going towards the second half of this uh, nine minute piece, uh, the audio does go a bit skew is. Uh, tried my best to resolve it, so just bear with us on that one, please. Niall Crew on the Left Wing Back podcast. Uh, Niall, how's things? Uh, I don't think we, we've, we've spoken to you in, in this sort of an environment before. We did have you on the podcast previously. We were only audio at that stage, but we're going big time now with TV in the whole lot here. So, <laughs> how's things to do, boss? <laughs> yeah, all good, Kev. Thanks very much. Yeah, all good. Delighted to be on. Um, I, I suppose, Niall, at the moment, it's probably uh, a difficult enough time for yourself and the lads. Um, results haven't been hectic. Uh, the more so in the last day, I suppose, against Sligo, which which wasn't wonderful. We knew 
we were going to be under a bit of pressure going into that. Uh, having said that, maybe we weren't expecting it to be as bad, were we? Yeah, no, absolutely not. We didn't perform anyway. Um, I suppose I did feel sorry for all the, the younger fellows we started. Um, you know, we I think we, we've maybe had eight to nine lads um, that, you know, made their league debut for for Carlo. And then there was only their second game coming off the, the London defeat. Um, and then I threw four or five more in on top of that because we'd no choice. Um, look, we were missing nine starters against Ligo. Uh, that would normally start and it's very hard then when you're I suppose throwing a very inexperienced team out um, in a National League game um, I've no doubt if we had everyone and I only had one or two of them lads joining in uh, certainly they would be a lot better than what they were. A lot of them got stage fright uh, last week um, which is understandable as well um, but they'll certainly learn from it uh, Kev going forward but yeah, we, we were disappointed the way we played. We were disappointed we didn't work smart enough. I'm not saying we didn't work hard enough. We didn't work smart enough. And um, yeah, I think the occasion got to a lot of the lads staying overnight and it took an awful lot out of them. They wouldn't be used to it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But look, we are where we are in terms of, of the players available to us. Um, but as Kev will tell you, the lads are training really, really hard. Uh, they're very respectful of the setup. Uh, the county board, in fairness, are, you know, they're, they're getting things in place for slowly but surely. Jim Bulger has been a massive help going forward. Uh, he really wants football to improve. They do know that we've lads coming in that they're just not at that standard physically yet. Um, and it could take two to three years to get lads up to it. Uh, but we do have to kind of hurry it along as much as we can. Um, like we are Mark Fury, I suppose, and um, maybe Chris Blake's lads that are under 30 that they're two lads you'd like to have in everyone else is in the other lads are the wrong side of 30 and father time is caught up in them and you can't keep asking lads in their you know 35, 36 years of age to keep coming in um, because then you can't develop anyone our problem is is that we have too many lads at that age level age group that have all retired at the same time um, but look they had to go at some stage so we might suffer this year, uh, but I think long term it could be good for Carla, could be good for us going forward in terms of getting a lot of experience, league games under their belt. Um, and as I said, they're working very hard and they're very coachable as well. So yeah, we, we're excited, even though the two results you know, wasn't good. The London game, I'm, I'm still hurt over it uh, in terms of I just felt a few decisions did, went against us that you've no control over and losing Jamie Clark uh, obviously turned the game completely. Um, you know, every London player, every chance they got to were catching them by the neck. Uh, every time I pointed that out, um, I ended up getting a yellow card. So it was very frustrating on the line, I have to admit. And uh, yeah, the wheels did fall off then in the second half and in the last 12 or 13 minutes, which is understandable when you've that many new players and you're down to 14 lads. So, you know, we'd four new debutants in, in defence at the time and I Dara Bryan back there who, who's doing extremely well for us anyway. But, um, yeah, look, it, it was very hard to take and then the Sligo game, we just didn't perform. Um, and, and that's, at least you can improve on that and I was able to sit down with the lads and show them, um, you know, how to be smarter in their runs and 
Um, you know, even though they're working hard, they need to work a lot smarter. So, you know, there was a lot of coaching, sitting down, doing one-on-ones with that, with video work and, and, and just, I suppose, just getting into their head, really, Kevin, in, in terms of what's expected as an inter-county footballer. And, um, yeah, they're, look, they're all buying into it, but it's going to take time. It's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Well, um, I suppose, look, I, I don't think you might be putting on record that you did give me a look at the Jamie Clark incident from an alternative angle. And uh, you're always quite open about things anyway. You don't mind you're not in the hide or that type of guy. And that's what I like about you. But I suppose, as I would have said to you prior to seeing the clip, we thought from the far side that it looked like Jamie should have got a red. And even still haven't seen the video, I looked red. But what we didn't see was the fact that it appeared there was a strike from the London side uh, before that, which which went unnoticed. Like, And then uh, two rounds don't make it right, but... It did seem a little bit harsh that uh, we suffered and maybe they didn't. Um, and then also, like, just losing Dara added insult to injury, Dara Foley, for the Sligo game. Um, again, I, I don't really know, was that, that was for something that happened after the game, I think, was it? Yeah, that, that was something, Dara made a remark to the referee after the game, or not to the referee, to the linesman, about the referee. Um, and the linesman then reported that to the referee in the dressing room who in turn reported that on his report and Dara ended up getting a one match ban then um, okay, okay. so, so for was... abusive language but look Dara knows himself you can't do that um, but you can certainly understand his frustration um, and, and just before half time as well um, there was a little bit of a schmuzzle with Jamie Clark and one of our lads I think was it Conor Crowley maybe uh, no, it was Jamie Sarf, uh, could have been, it was one, one of her defenders, I'm not sure which one it was now off the top of my head, but I know, Jane, not Jamie, Shane Sarf was one of them, and um, there was a free in given just before half time, and the linesman flagged it over and he spoke to the referee, there was four or five players in it from both sides, um, and in the video you can clearly see Jamie getting the box right into the stomach, or not Jamie, Shane, and what ended up, there, Kev, was that uh, we got two yellow cards and there was no London player reprimanded. Um, so, and you know, I said this to them going in at half time, and it was probably, I just felt there was a few little things like that uh, going against us. And look, you've no control over it. And um, whereas the referee last week when we played Sligo, in fairness to him, he wasn't trying to bring us back into the game at any stage, he just ref the game. And that's his job. And I felt if we had that referee against London, um, I, I felt the result would have been completely different. So, Niall, I suppose um, Waterford is definitely a county that you're familiar with. Um, that's the opposition on a Saturday evening. Um, thought it was about that, I suppose. Yeah, it has to be some sort of an advantage. Yeah, look, I, I suppose I've uh, been down there for two years now. It's 10 years ago now, Kev. Um, I was 2013, so... <laughs> yeah. I know it's terrible, isn't it? Uh, 2013 and 2014, I was with them. Uh, good lads, good honest bunch. Um, and one thing about Waterford is if they know to have any chance during the game, they'll stick with it. I mean, they turned over Sligo uh, two years ago to beat Wexford in the qualifiers, only maybe two years ago as well, or maybe that was last year. Um, so, yeah, look, they're under day, they're a match for any Division 4 team. So, we know we'd have to play well to beat them. Um, so it's 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 
there's no kind of there's no gimme games anymore in Division Four. You know, I don't think there ever was. To be honest with you, uh, I think it's, it's a very level playing field. And if anyone's after, you know, off on any given day, they're in trouble. And you've seen that with Tipperary, Waterford through with Tipperary and Tireless. Then you've seen Leitrim beating Tipperary and Tireless. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's it's going to be a tight game again, you know. Mm-hmm. And just to confirm then, so we do have a few bodies back. So uh, who, who are we likely to see in contention that wasn't there, I suppose, the last two days? Well, the last day, I suppose, the Sligo match, you're going to probably see, you'll see Josh Moore back, you'll see Darren Foley back, you'll see Jamie Clark back. Um, you know, Ross Dunphy might make the bench. Um, so you'll have all of them back, which is it's, it's a massive plus for us. Um, so it could be too early for the likes of all route and that going forward. And, and I'm expecting Sean Gannon back training in a couple of weeks as well. Um, so that's all... Holly Byrne as well is, is making good headway. Um so you know that's it's 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 big pluses when you've all them boys coming back together. Um so I definitely have probably at least four changes on the start fifteen. Um so it'll strengthen our panel and the the new players that are in, it'll give them a chance again to the pressure often because there's more experienced players in, you know. Yeah, we'll try that again. Carlos, senior football manager, uh, Niall Carew there. Uh, again, apologies for the uh, sound quality uh, just coming towards the uh, second half of the interview. Uh, we mentioned broadband difficulties earlier, and uh, yeah, broadband difficulties are, were plenty filling around these parts as well today. So yeah, uh, now we move on to uh, ladies football, and I'm delighted to welcome on Bart and Martin. How are you doing, Bart? I'm good, Kevin. How are you? Asher flying now. Listen, congratulations. So, um, LGFA Club Coach of the Year. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Kevin. Uh, a bit unexpected to say the least. I didn't know anything uh, at all about it. Didn't know there was anything going on in the background until I got an email from the LGFA to say that, uh, you know, I, I was picking up some award, but uh, didn't tell us what it was and I wasn't supposed to say it to anyone. So, I, I heard a few weeks back, but they were going to make some announcement about it, so they want us to keep it quiet. So, yeah, I think it was only on was it actually on uh, Thursday evening? I think it was Thursday that the actual official announcement was made, and at that stage was the first time I, I was aware that it was actually the the coach award that they were they were they were giving me. You know, that's brilliant. And uh, like even in terms of it going in the first place, I wouldn't think you knew a whole lot about it. Like it was it was probably <laughs> under the radar as such, was it? Yeah, it was. It sounds like it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Well, look, it's so well deserved, and I'm I'm delighted for you because there's a uh, not too many matches you'd you'd miss, be it ladies or or men's football. You just love the game, so um, it's great to see you recognised. And I, you're going to hate me even saying that now because I know you're a man of great modesty as well. But um, despite all that, obviously you're chuffed. Um. Oh yeah. Sure. You know, you see it as a as a I see it as a recognition for the club. You know, I think the success of the club over the last long year, a few years. You know, when it winning the Carroll Championships and having the Linter Championship, when I think you know we have we have a profile out there. So probably when the when the you know when when O'Loughlin is mentioned, to, you know we're 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 not strangers. You know, I, I suppose at 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 at, at Leinster level or, or even at, at um um you know um in, in, in at Central Ireland. level. So yeah, it's probably, it, I'm, I'm sure it, uh, uh, it was a factory. You know. Yeah. No. Look, it's it, it's brilliant. So um like. Given the involvement that you've had, uh, you were the 
you know, over the, the Carlo ladies team. Um, your wish, are you overall Auckland this year? Is that appointment made or what's no, 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 I'm not. I've heard vicious rumors now. I've, um, I'm involved with juvenile, uh, you know, and some, well, if, if, if anyone, any of the groups need a, need a hand, uh, you'll, you'll always be there. I always, as I say, I always hate to, to, to think that actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, an age group wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have uh, someone if there was someone not available for to, 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 to do a second session or whatever during the week so I, I, I generally try and make myself available if it's a case of getting a, a bag of balls and cones and, and, and keeping a, a group of under 14s or 16s that you know in, in the pitch and like they should be there so um but I'm actually I'm, I'm, I'm back involved at underage in Carlo well, I, well I've, I've gone in as as um uh, for my sins after as, as you know the likes of Carlo a, a very competitive interview process for the development officer <laughs> I, I, I I've I've taken on that for my sins and um, I've also got involved there with the under forty. Now we, we're 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 just at the final stages of of finalising the the, the the panel for that. That's Leinster Championships kicking off uh, next Saturday. The first three rounds of it are run on a on a blitz basis and whatever. So, uh, so that's 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 keeping me busy. Yeah, you're not going to be idle. I suppose on the um, uh, on the playing fields at adult level, uh, probably a disappointing loss um, over the weekend. And I suppose I should mention. Um, your daughter Avian, of course, is, is vice captain of the side. Rupe Birmingham, I think, is actually captain. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's something you're you're obviously very proud of too. But uh, I, I didn't hear much from from the game on that day. They kind of lost out or whatever. So, um, maybe yeah, no, I, 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 I on. And and um, yeah, no, it was it was a tough day at the office for them. There was a very difficult wind blowing blowing right down the pitch, and they started very well actually. At the first water break, there was you know they just conceded a penalty just before the water break, and it just the game got away away from them to, in in the second quarter, and uh, you know it, it was a bit of a knuckles uh, struggle after that. But you know those of us that are around ladies football, you know know that um, um, score lines don't always reflect the actual work that the actual you know. You can get a you can get a um a, a, a big score difference in a game and 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 it can be actually more competitive than the actual uh you know scoreline suggests so i mean the girls battled all all, all the way i mean obviously they're they're they're, they're sharp a few that just kind of come in for the year but also clean is a big loss there in the forward she's, she's after picking up a a, a cruise sheet and and, 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 a, and a injury so uh that that's that that's a tough one for her to take so i want to wish wish her well with that recovery absolutely she's been on yeah. the show a couple of times as well and just a phenomenal player really and yeah we, can't, we certainly can't afford to be without her so uh yeah definitely the, the very best look in the, in the recovery it's just a dreaded injury you know absolutely. and nightmare stuff but uh you know she has the determination and the will and, and she'll she'll be back she'll be back oh, strong yeah. Yeah. um the head is in the right place on on that front but um yeah so like as you've kind of said there score lines particularly i know it's kind of cliche but i think in ladies football they generally don't really reflect how the game has gone as such um because did it can tune for all like i remember county finals between benny carry and Ireland and all auckland where one side was 10 points up and then it could go six or seven points the other way and this could all be in the space 15 minutes so like they are they can be mad encounters they they do ebb and flow like in fairness oh yeah very much so very much so yeah and i think that's the the, the case i suppose from a division one point of view uh i may be going to division two now as well and it's starting to get better even at club level the the systems are are, are kind of filtering in so even take benny carrington ryland for example in last year's county final against o'loughlin and how structured they were in defense like o'loughlin found them very hard to break down so um i think we are 
you know, I didn't want to be doing a disservice to Lenny Tobo by saying that that's the way the games are. They have a flow, but traditionally that's how they did kind of unfold. But now I think we are seeing a change slightly uh, with with the setup. And is that because uh, you know of better coaching? Uh, is it kind of um, something that people like because you know we like games that ebb and flow? Is it taking the excitement out of it? But you know, all these things are considerations. So uh, how yeah. how do you see it? Yeah, like I don't think it's a whole lot different to you know to the to, to the men's game. You know, I mean the games evolve and the ways of playing ha- have evolved uh, o- o- over time. And um, so again, the you know the fitness levels, the conditioning levels, obviously have improved. And as you say, you know there, there, there's there's much more um, no different to the men. There's much more awareness of actually obviously defensive setups and 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 you know maintaining possession and all all of that type of stuff. So. Uh, like when you get that, um, and obviously, you know, I mean, it's just a fact of life that uh, if, if you know, in, in girls football, you know, you're you know, you're not going to have too many girls who are going to be able to kick the ball over the bar from from fifty meters or, or forty five meters out out out, and uh, you know, that's that's that yeah, that's that's the the laws of science. So uh, it, it it makes sense that actually, if you that the bulk of the score is going to happen in in that. Uh, so, you know, you know, around that D area. So if you defend that, 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 you know, strongly, it's 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 difficult to get scores. And you see that in some of the games the weekend there was there was a you know a few low scoring games as well. So I think I think you know the ladies' game is mirroring what's actually happened uh, in 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 the men's game. You know, so yeah. Um, but like um like everything, Bart, and and you're a big basketball man as well. Uh, you know the the old counter to. Blanket defense was getting people, as you said, that uh, could kick outside the 45, and that's not really a major thing in, in the ladies' game. But that's where the quick moment and quick hands and basketball comes into play. And I think that's particularly from a local point of view, it does stand to the girls I feel. Uh, those are the workarounds, and I suppose that's the challenge as a coach as well to get that across the players and be disciplined and think about how you're going to do it rather than just kind of. You know, having a knee-jerk reaction and the next thing you're wasting ball. I, I think that there is an improvement in that as well. Yeah, no, there's no, no doubt. Sure, you know, as you say, to, to to break down these defenses, you know, you you have to have proper move, movement inside. It, you know, things have to be done at pace. Uh, you know, all of that. Um, so, um, and and as you say, that the coaching, obviously, the coaching again, no different than men's. Uh, you know, there's there's uh, the coaching has improved. Uh, o- over the years, there's a lot of video an- uh, analysis done, like even at, at you know at club level, uh, in 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 relation to actually um, just getting get getting the message across to 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 players as to as to positioning and all of that. So that that's all uh, that, that that's all playing in, I think, to to, to what we're seeing and, and the huge improvement and, and development in the game. There's big talk again in the last few weeks, Bart, about an amalgamation of the associations, really. I suppose that, you know, ladies football and Camogie would come under the GA umbrella and it all, you know, just go together, lock, stock and barrel. Uh, and that's been moved before. Where do you see that? Uh, do you think that would be a benefit? Yeah, I, I, I haven't given it much deep thought. Uh, but I, what I would say is, you know, not to... I don't think we should, uh, you know, jump uh, in 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 into in, into a decision. I think there needs to be clarity around, uh, you know, how 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 the three organisations they are, three distinct organisations, you know, up to now, and uh, you just shouldn't assume that you can, you know, m- make a decision in a in a in a meeting room somewhere in a conference hall, and that uh, and that you implement it tomorrow. I, I think you know there needs to be. Uh, a, a lot of planning and thinking put into it, and see exactly 
uh, you know, because I think it, it, it'll take a number of stages for, for, for to happen. What you don't want to do is make a decision and find in, in two or three or five years down the line that actually it's 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 not working. I mean, I I would be absolutely in favour of it. Um, and there's no question. And, you know, uh, a lot of clubs are almost operating as one club now. And our own club, O'Loughlin, are a very good example of that. I mean, um, the ladies' club and the men's club are absolute hand in glove. Uh you know, the, 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 there's no second-class citizens uh, when it comes to the, the you know, as regarding availability of the pitch and all that, that's all planned out. Everyone has, has equal treatment, equal billing, uh, uh, which which is great to see. It may not be the case in, in, in all clubs. So, um, but um, I think more and more of that will happen over over time. Um, but, but, but the big decision to actually formally amalgamate uh, and, and structures and all of that to make sure that, all of the development that's going on at the moment in in, in across across ladies football, camogie or whatever, and and in, in the men's game that actually, but there's so much commonality across the three associations that that um and obviously there's a huge uh, crossover with the with the with the playing facilities. So uh, you know, on the face of it, it is the right thing to do, but I just think it needs to be planned properly and not not to mm-hmm. jump, not to jump into it and 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 and, and finally run into problems that you know could be avoided if it was actually properly planned. Yeah, I think even distribution of finances is probably a, a big thing as well, you know, and and where where that goes and to find a workable way. And yeah, there there is a good bit in it now. It's not an overnight thing. You're you're hundred percent correct. And I think the other, the other side of it is um, the single biggest reason I'd like to see it happening, and and there is a lot of them. But like those god awful fixture clashes when you mentioned dual players, and we've seen too many examples over the last five or six years for it to be going on any longer. And it's it's really tough to ask someone to like plan two matches in the one day. Fair enough, that's that's a tall order. But in some cases, even from a timing point of view, it meant that a choice had to be made. Which you know, I'm not quite sure does that happen as much if they're all in the one association. Yeah, and and you see, you, you know, you'll always get the whole the high profile um, situations of actually, uh, you know, where 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 the, the, there's clashes. There's a huge amount of um, very good uh, interaction between Camogie and uh, and and ladies football, you know, all over the country in the different counties, at all, in 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 a lot of the club matches. And yes, there has been, and and it shouldn't happen. There's, there, you know, there's no way that you know, um, the, you know, that where they know there's dual players that actually they fix a, a you know a county match or a, you know a county final in Camogie, and at the same day. Uh, you know, a football final. I mean that that. But like I, I would say that they are actually in, but they're high profile situations and they get a lot of media attention. But you know, the majority of matches, I would say, like you know, you know the the Camogie and, and and the football association have it worked out. And like, yeah, like it's not perfect in in that. The reality is, if you're a dual player, you know, you're going to have to you're playing extra matches. So it's inevitable that you're not going to be. They don't. They, you, you can't be given. Yeah. You know, uh, a minimum of three or four days between matches. Like you know, there's there's a lot of fixtures to be to be to be accommodated uh, and all of that. But I mean, there's there's absolutely no way that that um, you know matches should be fixed where they know there's a dual a dual player. Um, like if players are in a position to to play both codes, they should not be expected to go and turn out or maybe have to jump in a car and and travel uh, twenty five miles to um, you know immediately after a, a camogie match and go and play a football match or or, or, or the other way around. Like I mean, if if the two organisations or the particular county that's happening, in, uh, 
can't actually get together and and sort that out well we, we we've no we've no chance with the russians and the ukraine then you know <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant so uh, just in terms of um fixtures uh, this weekend i should have mentioned this on uh, the harland show previously as well when we were on the topic of Kamogi, but uh, carlo Kamogi, uh team are out against armagh on saturday but the carl ladies footballers are in action against london is that saturday or sunday uh, that's on Sunday in 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 Dr. Yeah. Colin Park. It's, it's, yeah. It's oh, Dr. Dr. Colin as well. Lovely. I, I, I think it's in Dr. Colin. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Right. Hang on there two seconds. I know we're live, but uh, yeah. I'll I'll go down through should, the Twitter machine because on the Carol Ladies page there was uh, a little note um, somewhere in regards to the weekend's game, and they gave a bit of a report on yesterday as well. So yeah, yeah Netwatch Colin Park uh, on Sunday. Um, I don't have an exact time there at the minute, but I'd like to see that the girls are, are actually in that watch Colin Park for a start, aren't you? That's that is progress and that's that's good to see and they deserve it. Yeah, and and, and like you know, we it, it, like I don't like when we actually you know feel that that's actually progress. We shouldn't be in twenty twenty two and 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 uh, be be applauding ourselves for that the girls get an opportunity to actually go on and, and play a county match in in, in Dr. Colin Park. Like if the if, if the facilities are available uh, you know why aren't they used? Uh, why wouldn't they be used? Like you know, as we know, all all all, all families there's 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 GA and 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 um, LGFA and Camogie all, all crisscrossing over. So uh, I mean, you know, why 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 would one you know uh, a, a guy be, have have not think twice about going to be lining out in in, in Dr. Colin Park and you know a sister of his to be be. be uh, celebrating the fact that they're 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 allowed to actually play a match there, you know, should 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 never be like that. It's, if facilities yeah. are available, they should be used for you know, and 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 teams should be accommodated. Um, but you know, county teams should be accommodated. Like it's an honour to, to actually play for your county. The girls are given as much commitment as 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 the fellas. And I say it's 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 one big at the end of the day, it's one big GA family that's supporting across all the organisations. It is indeed. Listen, Bart, we'll leave it there. Congratulations again on your award. Uh, well deserved. And uh, thanks for coming on the football show with us. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Cheers. Good stuff. There you go. Bart Martin. And uh, that concludes uh, the football show, which, of course, was in association with Solar Signs and Binance Sound. Number one for your signage, Garmin printing and embroidery, solarsigns.ie, the website. And you can check them out on Facebook and on Instagram as well. You can also get us. Obviously, we're live on Facebook and we're live on Twitter and on YouTube. But uh, you can get us on Instagram as well at the left wing back or email us leftwingbackpodcast at gmail.com thanks again to those who uh, bought us a coffee last week uh, that link will be floating around over the next couple of days uh, we do appreciate that and as you said it's not compulsory uh, but it's nice to see that people are, are seeing the value in the efforts that we're making and uh, that's great thanks a million really appreciate it uh, yeah that's where we leave it and we will back well, yeah next Monday we'll be back again at uh, 9 o'clock um, actually just before I go I should wish a happy 30th birthday to uh, Barry the Bowser Doyle, who's been a guest on this podcast um, a serious amount of times. Uh, actually, only once, funnily enough. But it seemed like a serious amount of times. Maybe it was serious at the time. But he's, um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a big bash maybe in the next week or so. Uh, we won't mention locations or anything like that or details, but uh, the day itself fell a couple of days ago. So uh, I want to wish him a happy birthday. And uh, Claire McDonald as well, good friend of mine. Uh, also, Celebrate a 30th very soon. And uh, yeah, another good night in store there, no doubt. And in general, happy Valentine's Day. That's where we leave it. And we'll chat to you again next week at nine. Take care.